Praise the Lord. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you this morning, and I trust as we walk down through the Word, your hearts will be blessed and you'll be benefited by the, benefited by the Word today. The title of the message, Some Things Are Just Better. Let's begin with Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. Now it happened as they went that Jesus entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted, cumbered with much serving. And she approached Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. The CEV reads, Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. Some things are just better. Now, there's nothing wrong with serving in the kitchen, preparing a meal, and eating food. But on occasion, like Mary, we need to choose the better part. Now, Martha was so flustered and upset and agitated that she couldn't hold her tongue. Went and spoke to Jesus. Why are you allowing Mary to sit there and listen to you and sit at your feet? Tell her to help me. Is our schedule so rigid that not even Jesus can interrupt it? We give him his slot, a few slots maybe during the week, and that's it. That's how Martha was at that point. But Jesus is wanting to draw us aside to himself more often than we might be willing to meet with him. Sometimes you have to choose a better meal. Sometimes you have to miss a meal, a fasting prayer, in order to partake of a better meal. Jesus said, when we come into his presence like Mary did, sit at his feet, hear his word, something will be put into us by the Lord himself that will never be forgotten, that will never pass from our lives. Some truth, some promise, some word, that gets into our heart because we took time for the Lord. Some things are just better. And Mary chose the better part. What about a better day? I don't know how you spell Sunday, but I spell it S-O-N-D-A-Y. Psalm 84, verse 1. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, yes, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you, Selah. And then verse 10 of the same psalm, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand. 
I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. A day in your courts is better. There is nothing better than being in church on Sunday. And those who play loose with this ordinance of the Lord soon fall into compromised lukewarmness and into the enemy hands. There is a better day. It's called Sunday. The Apostle John, writing at the end of the first century, Revelation 1.10, he says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet. I heard God speaking to me. I heard Jesus speaking to me. There was a word of clarity that came into my spirit, he said. He said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. He was prayed up. He was ready for worship entering the gates, as it were, with thanksgiving and the courts of God with praise. Even though he was exiled on the Isle of Patmos, he was on that Sunday in the presence of the Lord. Sunday is called the Lord's Day in the New Testament. It was the day specifically assigned or taken by the New Testament Christians to honor the Lord, for it was the day of Christ's resurrection, Sunday. In the Old Testament, the rest day or the Sabbath was Saturday. In the New Testament, the believers, whenever they could, they took Sunday as the rest day, except in times of persecution or difficulty, but they honored that day before the Lord. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Some Christians now are so ill-informed that they don't even know where they're supposed to be on Sunday. And maybe they can give the Lord an hour. But it's the Lord's day, and if we honor the Lord, some things are just better. If our spirit is right, our taste will be right. Some things are better than others. Some days are better than others. And Sunday is a better day for the people of God. Let our heart and our flesh, our entire being, long for the courts and for the presence of the Lord. Hebrews 12 and 24, how about a better word? Hebrews 12, 24, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. The ESV says that speaks a better word. The blood of sprinkling that speaks a better word. Now I'm taking that phrase, a better word. Why don't we ask God to help us speak a better word? Some things are better. Perhaps what you have been speaking is not so wrong. But perhaps it's rather flat and your words fall to the ground and take no root of power in your life. The words of the Lord in our mouth, the promises of God, the confession of his word in our mouth, that is what brings a better word and a better result in our lives when we speak the words of the Lord. The truth is our spiritual life will not and cannot rise above our confession of faith. It cannot rise above our declaration of the promises and the word of the Lord. Speak a better word. Or perhaps what we have been speaking is wrong. Contradicting the word, it maligns the word and the promises of God. We start speaking like the natural man and according to circumstances and according to the dictates of our own heart. 
Maybe what we are speaking is wrong, and the Lord wants to help us correct it this morning. And he comes by the Holy Spirit to minister to our hearts. Twelve men went to spy out Canaan. Ten were bad, two were good. Ten men came back with an evil report. God had given his word. God had given his promise. But these men came back with an evil report. The words of their mouth were in direct contradiction and opposition to what God's word had said to them. Ten men gave an evil report. Two men gave a good report. Two men gave a better report. And it was those two men, Caleb and Joshua, that entered into the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. There is a promised land for us, all of us, a land filled with the promises of God. It's the Bible and the inheritance of the Lord. Let's ask God for a better word. Let's ask God for a better word on our tongue, the word of the Lord. 2 Corinthians 4.13, the Apostle Paul said, And since we have the same spirit of faith, that is a believing spirit, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak. Paul says there is something written in the scriptures. It's Psalm 116. He said the psalmist there was going through difficult circumstances, trial and oppression. He said, the Lord has delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. He said, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. He said, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. I believed, therefore have I spoken. Not by the circumstances, not by what he was feeling, but he said, I will believe, I will speak what God says. The Apostle Paul said, we have that same spirit of faith. He was perplexed. He was in despair. There was so much persecution and difficulty about him. But he said, I'm going to have the same spirit of faith that that psalmist did in Psalm 116. I'm going to believe and therefore I'm going to speak the promises of God. Psalm 42 and verse 11. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted? Disquieted within me. Restless and disturbed and agitated and frustrated. He said, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. Let's ask God for a better word in our mouth, a word that lines up with his promises. Take on a better word. Read the Bible out loud. When you read the Bible out loud, you are speaking the promises of God. And I reiterate, our spiritual life will not and cannot rise above our confession of faith, our declaration of the promises of God. Some things are just better. And there is a better word. What about a better sacrifice? Hebrews 11.4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead, still speaks. The CEV translation says, Abel offered to God a better sacrifices. Some sacrifices 
are better than others. And from time to time, we should take a look at our lives and say, how is my sacrifice? What am I bringing before the Lord? How's the intensity? How's the purity? How's the zeal and the fervor in my sacrifice before the Lord? The prophet Malachi reproved the people of God, the Lord speaking and saying, he said, you're, you're bringing me blemished sacrifices. There's no strength in them. There's no vision in them. There's no walk in them. He said, present them to the governor and see if he will be pleased. And so there's a call in our lives to bring a better sacrifice, perhaps, than what we have been bringing. The Apostle Paul said in Romans 12, 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Present your bodies. In the Old Testament, they brought the body of a lamb or the body of a goat. He says, I want, you're the sacrifice, the Apostle Paul saying. Be a living sacrifice. Bring your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. A sacrifice that's holy, pure, offered in righteousness, fervent before the Lord. Lord, here I am, full surrender of my heart. I come to your house, I come to your altar, I come before your presence, and I want to give the best offering I can. I want to bring the best sacrifice that I can before the Lord. Jeremiah 33, 11, the voice of joy and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the voice of those who will say, praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, for his mercy endures forever. And of those who will bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. They're prayed up, they're ready, they're consecrated, their hands are filled, their hearts are full. So when they walk through the doors of the house of the Lord, they've got a shout on their lips, and there's victory in their spirit, and they're flowing and blessing and magnifying the Lord. Those who will bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. For I will cause the captives of the land to return as at the first. God will break our captivities. Hallelujah. Those who bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. On fire, fervent, praising, overflowing with thanksgiving to the goodness of the Lord. The Lord said... After he anointed King Saul and saw the disobedience and the compromise that was on him, God says, I'm seeking for a better man. The scripture says clearly. God says, I'm looking for someone better than Saul. He said, I need a king like David. Somebody has a heart after God. Somebody who will, as David did in 2 Samuel 6, dance before the Lord with all his might, unashamed, before the presence of the Lord, to offer God worship, a better sacrifice. Somebody like Esther, King Vashti was set aside, and God said, the king said, I need to seek someone better than Vashti, someone that will come at the king's call and invitation. There is a better sacrifice. How about Proverbs 15, 16 to 17. 
Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fatted calf with hatred. You know, the longer you live, the more you realize that bigger isn't necessarily better. Simple life that God gives many of his people. Proverbs 17:1 says, better is a dry morsel with quietness than a house full of feasting with strife. Let's not despise the simple life that God has given to us because there's a blessing in it. Simple has a beauty all its own. And God wants to take the struggle out of his people. We need to be thankful for the little that he's given us, the simple that he's given us. A little apartment, a little home perhaps, a little provision, a little car. Better is little. A family that loves the Lord. You go home and you're in love with your wife and your children and there's blessing in your home and the goodness of God and your own life is filled with the wisdom of God and with the presence of God because you walk close with the Lord. A life blessed of God. A life, a family in unity and joy and gladness. What a blessing of God that is. Better, God says. That is better. And we start there, and we're thankful for everything that God has done in our lives at this point. It may not be as great as we envision. It may not be what other people have. But we are content because we know God has ministered to us exactly what we have. And he can lead us how he wants to, where he wants to, and when he wants to. But we know that we are blessed of God because we have his presence, his wisdom, his life, and his word in us. Jesus said in Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Food, shelter, clothing is what he was referring to. He said, after all these things do the, the people of the world seek after, but your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. He will provide for you. Seek first the kingdom of God. Stay close to Jesus. Stay in his word. Seek to do his will. And all the things, he said, will be added unto you. The Father knows how to add to us. Our Heavenly Father knows how to add to us what He wants to add, when He wants to add, how He wants to add it. And so we walk with Him carefully in the Spirit. But let's not despise the small beginning. Let's not despise the simple life if that's all we have. Let's honor God and let Him lead us on. Some things are just better. What about a better name? Hebrews 1.4 Jesus, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. WF translation says, he has by inheritance obtained a much better name. A much better name. How about 
We ask God for a better name. Proverbs 22 and 1 says, a good name is to be chosen. Is this something we choose? Bible says our choice is involved. Of course, we're cooperating with the Lord and the Holy Spirit for a good name, but there is a choice in our hearts, a decision we have to make. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, loving favor rather than silver and gold. A good name is to be chosen. God made promises to Abraham and to his seed. That's us. He said, I will make your name great. I will bless you and you shall be a blessing. I'm going to pour my spirit and my goodness on you and you're going to let it flow out and touch other people. And I will make your name great. A good name is to be chosen. A better name is to be chosen. God wants to give all of us a name, a reputation, a name that when people think of you, remember you, that they are reminded of the goodness of your life, your generosity, your pouring out of yourself for the gospel and for the kingdom of God. Jesus said, if you want to be great in God's kingdom, learn to be the servant of all. Humble yourself. Take the lowest place. Serve wherever you can and whoever you can. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, learn to be the servant of all. Jesus didn't say it's wrong to want to be great. He just clarified what greatness is. He said it's somebody that has a servant spirit, somebody that pours out their life for the gospel, somebody that pours out to help their family and people around them and the kingdom of God. And that's how you get a great name, that when people remember your name, they think of the goodness of the Lord that has been dispensed through your life. Why does Jesus have such a great name? The highest name, the greatest name. There is no name like that of the name of Jesus. Why does he have that name? Because he's the one who poured himself out most fully in serving all of us, and he continues to this day. That's why his name is great. He's the servant of all. The way up is the way down. Philippians 2 and verse 7, Jesus made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. The name above every name. That's why Jesus has a great name, because he poured out his life in service. Every one of us have the opportunity. You know, some things are just better. And we all have the opportunity and choice to gain a great name in the earth by our giving, our financial generosity, our service, our grace, edifying one another, fulfilling our ministry, walking in the house of the Lord with a spirit of life and blessing and joy. Every one of us can gain a great name, a better name, 
Some things are just better. Let's put our hearts this morning on the better things and partake of the goodness of the Lord in our lives. Well, we're coming down to the end. Hebrews chapter 7 and 19. For the law made nothing better or perfect. On the other hand, there is the bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. A better hope. The word hope in the Bible means confident expectation of good. It's coming. It just hasn't manifested yet. Hope is not worldly hope like the people of the world think about hope. To them, it's wishful thinking. I hope this happens. I hope that happens. But they don't have any idea if it will fulfill. But Bible hope is not like that. Bible hope is confident expectation that what God has said, he is not slack concerning his promise. He will fulfill his word, and he will fulfill his promise. And that ultimately is the resurrection of the dead and are going to be with the Lord forever. The law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there is the bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. Hebrews eleven thirteen. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off or assured of them embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had, been, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, a better country. That is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them and for all of us, the heavenly Jerusalem. The heavenly Jerusalem, life in eternity in the presence of the Lord. There is a better hope, and there is a better country. And we set our hearts to that. Let's not pin our hopes too heavily on this life or this world because we live in a fallen world and this world simply cannot fully deliver. Let's keep our eyes on the heavenly prize, our destination with the Lord, our eternal reward, and labor in this life so we receive an abundant reward and an abundant entrance into the everlasting kingdom. Some things are just better, and there is a better hope, and there is a better country to which we're going to. Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. Let's have the worship team return at this time. The Apostle Paul said, For to me, to live is Christ. For, me, for to me, to live is Christ. He said Christ is the most important of every day. My job, my family, my responsibilities, they all fall into place. But it's Christ in everything that I'm living for. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell. 
For I am hard-pressed between the two, having to desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Some things are far better to go and be with Christ, to go to our eternal reward, which is far better, far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. So Paul said by the sovereign administration of God on my life, I know it's not quite time for me to depart. It would be far better, but the Lord says no right now. And so he said, I'm going to pour out my life in service, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to build up the church, and I'm going to evangelize, and I'm going to care for the gospel and the kingdom of God. I'm going to gain more fruit for eternal life. I'll gain for the better country. I'll gain for that living hope, the glorious appearing of our Lord. Today, let's set our heart on things that are better. Titus 2, verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. If you're here this morning and don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior or you're walking far from him, the grace of God has come to you. The word of God, the gospel has come to you and it's coming this morning as an opportunity invitation once again. Choose the better things. Choose Christ. There is no better. Choose the word of God and the house of God and the people of God as your family and walk in righteousness and purity. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to us, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Some people think it's impossible to live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. There's too much temptation around. There's too much sin around. Too much opportunity to go after the flesh. But for those of us who have crucified our life, put our life to death in the Son of God, been baptized in water, and now rise to walk in newness of life, we know what it means to have the Word of God on our life and the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And we're sensitive to the Lord to walk in his ways because we want to live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Looking for that, the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. There is a better hope. There is a better country. Let's fix our eyes on our heavenly reward and labor that that reward might be abundant. For the Apostle Paul says, if we labor fervently and we pour out our lives for the gospel and for the Lord to gain fruit, the Bible says the day will come when every man will have praise of God. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. Well, this morning, some things are just better. Maybe you need to, like Mary, choose on occasion a better portion. She didn't miss all meals, but on occasion with Jesus, you pull aside. 
draw close to him and take a better portion. So Jesus can minister something into our spirit that will last forever. Some word, some promise, some inspiration, some steadfastness. Jesus said, it will not be taken away from her. That's how deep it's going. And Martha, you could have it too. Perhaps today we need a better day. We need to look at Sunday in different manner. Put our commitment back on the house of God. Playing loose. Missing too much church. Family distracted. The wisdom of God says, be in the house of God on Sunday mornings and Sunday evenings. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. Perhaps this morning you need a better word on your lips. Found yourself in recent weeks falling to the side of complaining and criticizing and you're a little caustic and hard-hearted. This morning the Holy Spirit is calling for a better word. Take on a better word. Be like Caleb and Joshua and inherit the promised land because You've got the word in your mouth. Ten spies said, we are not able. Here's the promise of God. Here's the standard of God. We are not able. Two spies said, we are well able. Let's have a better word in our mouth. Let's bring forth a better sacrifice unto the Lord. The best pieces, the best sacrifice we can give. We come into his presence in his house. We come with rejoicing. We're prayed up. We're ready. We're anointed of the living God. Our hands are full already with offerings for the living God, bringing a better sacrifice. Perhaps you're struggling with life and the simplicity of your life and the little that you have. This morning, the Holy Spirit wants to touch your heart and you begin to rejoice. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than much without him. Maybe one time you had more than you have now. Living in the world, you had money and fun and friends and you had, from a natural standpoint, more than you have now. Well, the Bible says better is little. You thank God right now for where he's put you. He's brought you unto himself. He's cut you out of the world. He's brought you to his presence. He's touched you by the Holy Spirit. And now you say, thank you, Lord, for that little. Thank you for the morsel I have right now. And I know that as I seek you and your righteousness and your kingdom, you will add to me whatever I need and my life will fulfill in your ways and in your days. Hallelujah. Today, choose a better name. Start serving. Start giving. Start pouring your life out. Start praying for people. Start encouraging. Start ministering. Turn into a gospel preacher and share the word of God where you can. Today, put your eyes on the living hope. Put your eyes on eternal life. Put your eyes on the better country. Don't walk foolishly. We're only pilgrims and strangers here. This is not our homeland. We seek another country. So let's not try and get too much out of this life and it can't deliver and then we're disappointed. Let's keep our heart and our eyes fixed on Jesus Christ and our eternal reward. 
There is something far better to go and be with Christ. Let's stand together this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Many things spoken this morning. Seven things that are better. Just ask for the Holy Spirit this morning to rest upon you. You can invest your life in the better things, better things of God. The altars are open this morning. Those who would like to come and receive prayer before the presence of the Lord. Maybe you need a touch from God. Maybe something in this message the Holy Spirit has really tugged on your heart, saying, I need some change. I want to take you beyond where you are. I want to bring you into a better inheritance with me. If you need a touch from the Lord in prayer, please slip out from where you are. Come and consecrate yourself before the Lord. Come as a living sacrifice and put yourself on the altar. Say, God, I'm going to give you a better sacrifice and you're going to hear a better word from my lips. If you don't know the Lord, please come and accept Jesus Christ today. Ask him to forgive your sins and change your life and bring you into his kingdom and wash you, make you his child. If you don't know the Lord, please step out from where you are. Come to the front this morning. People will pray for you. Others, again, if there's any need or you'd like prayer for any situation, please slip out. If you want to consecrate yourself in a fresh way to the Lord, please slip out from where you are. Come and offer yourself to the Lord. And let's all of us this morning, for the last few moments, immerse ourselves in the Holy Spirit. Ask for the presence of God and blessing of God to rest upon us, the promise and power of his spirit.